Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, we are going to be talking about a magnificent win today at Sheffield Wednesday, a 3-0 victory that I don't think any of us would have predicted, definitely not me and Dave on the last podcast. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Paul, good evening. Well, it's a good evening, isn't it? It's a good weekend when, when we went like that. So convincingly, it's uh, beautiful, isn't it? And we've also been joined by Matt Lansley. Hi, Matt. Hi, Paul. Yeah, so where do we start then with that? I mean, we're going to go through more detail in all the kind of like goals and everything, but there was one moment in that match that, for me that just really stood out, and I'm sure it's all Reading fans who've seen it as well, was that first goal and that pass from Ovi Ajaria. He has got magic in his feet. He hasn't quite had it in the last few weeks, but how much did you enjoy that, Alex? It was a really, really nice pass. Um, Mayday's run was really good. Ajaria saw it. Um, I, and to be honest, I'm not even sure if Ajaria was aiming at Mayday or Puskas. It pretty much just hit hit between both of them. Um, Puskas leaving it was really, really well worked. And it was just a really nice goal. Yeah, it was. And kind of coming... After Sheffield Wednesday had made, I wouldn't say a fantastic start, it, it was one exactly all over us, but they did have a chance in the 10th minute when Forestieri gets through on the left-hand side, gets a cross in, Raphael makes a save, and then, we shouldn't forget this moment, Omar Richards makes a vital block to stop Harris tapping in, doesn't he, Matt? Oh, it was a brilliant block on the back post. So, yeah, I was kind of worried he was going to put it into his own in into his own net, to be fair. Because it, it was it was coming across, it was only about a yard out out of the goal, and he was pretty much probably just inside the post, and he somehow cleared it away. It was a brilliant clearance, fantastic clearance by him. But but yeah, yeah, I think Omar Richards was really good today as well. Obviously, Jordan Abita missed out because he's got an injury that we've heard now. Sounds like an injury uh, to his ankle. We're not quite sure what that is. Seems to be an issue with the scanner. I wonder if he goes to the same place that. Um, uh, my uh, girlfriend goes to because she can't get the scanner to work there at the moment as well. So uh, private healthcare, the joys of it. It's a kind of worry that kind of if we lose Omar Richards, we're going to have not a lot to come in to bat up that situation because Tyler Blackett, I think, is being left out at the moment. But he played really well today. Yadam played, I thought, just as well on the right hand side. What did you make of Yadam today, Alex? Yeah, it was good to see him back in the lineup. Um, I mean, he played in midweek, but he looked much sharper today, I think, than he did in midweek. Uh, you saw him getting forwards again, and he definitely provided an outlet on that right-hand side, um, which allowed Mate to kind of drift more centrally when we had the ball, which was um, very pleasing to see. And defensively, I mean... Although I think we'll probably come on to how poor Wednesday were. Yeah, definitely didn't really have uh, any problem at all down his side defending. So, um, yeah, it was a very good performance from Yeadam. Yeah, Wednesday were absolutely awful. Um, we can't we can't dress it up in any other way, but you can only beat what's in front of you, can't you? If we would have gone there and got another one all or worse of all, a defeat, people say we're losing to rubbish teams. So we've gone there, we've dismissed them. We've obviously talked a little bit about the goal in the 21st minute from Yaku Mate. <sighs> kind of the pressure. He's had such a traumatic last month, but he seems to be almost finding his best form during that period, doesn't he, Matt? Which is kind of unusual, but sometimes happens. 
No, yeah, well, he, he, he definitely seems to be a man inspired at the moment, um, a guy with a point to prove as well. Um, it's going to be interesting, I think, how it's managed at the moment, because obviously Mate, you can't ignore the fact that, you know, he keeps scoring. Um, for all of his pitfalls that he has, he, he is still scoring, and he's scoring on a constant basis so far um, th- this year, in, even in the last few months, really. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what obviously happens going forwards if we're going to keep playing him out wide, if we're going to try and draw him centrally. We seem to play better almost. I know people don't like having a lone striker, but almost before, obviously, well, when Puskas got injured, when Zhao was playing up top on his own, um, we were playing a 4-1-4-1 under Bowen. We were pretty much playing that again today. Um, I, I, sorry, I disagree. I don't really feel like we were playing a 4-1-4-1 when we had the ball because every time we had the ball, Ajaria came very much more central and Mate pushed up into the centre alongside Pushkas. Felt much more like a I don't really know what kind of formation it was when we had the ball, but it it was definitely four one, four one out of possession. But then once we had the ball it was uh, more of I don't know, it was definitely felt more like two up front though. You saw you saw Mate and Pushkas playing almost level when we had the ball. Yeah, another key factor of today's performance maybe was the slight change of John Swiss position on the pitch. He normally plays a lot higher, but then he's reverted back to a kind of deeper role today. Chucked a tactical change from Mark Bowen that on the previous podcast, we were a little bit concerned about some of the things that he was doing or not doing during matches. Well, that's worked for him today. And John Swift were talking about it after the match on Radio Berkshire, saying how he enjoys that and basically here playing in any position. He's, as long as it's in midfield, he's OK with it. But kind of there was an incident that came after that. Now, the officials in the championship, okay, in the last few matches, it's easier to talk about this when we've got a win because it doesn't matter. But there was a, how we didn't get a penalty for a foul on Michael Elise. I have no idea. It's kind of thigh high. The referee has got a clear view of this incident, Alex. And how's it not given? Explain that to me. Uh. I don't know how to explain that one to you, Paul. He's, I mean, I don't know which Wednesday defender it was, but at least he's controlled the ball. He is going away from goal, but don't that doesn't like don't excuse the referee from what is a pretty just horrendous decision. Um, and at least he's had his the back of his thigh or the, his thigh. Sorry, he just he, the boot has scraped down the back of his thigh as he's taken the ball down, and he's what eight yards from goal. He's not going to score from that position, but it's it's a penalty a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, so the referee to miss it. That, I have a feeling it was the same guy that committed the foul in at the end of the game. The Wednesday player. Yes, yes, for the penalty late on, which was also. I mean, I guess that one is just a kind of um, frustration moment, isn't it? The game is dead. It's just like, um, I'm just going to take you out. Uh, I've lost all control of being a professional here, I think, at that moment. And as a Reading fan, I quite enjoyed that. That was uh, <laughs> quite nice to see. But, yeah, the Championship officials um, have been interesting in the last few matches. But as we've won, let's not worry about that too much. So we go into half time and we're thinking, how is this going to go? Are we going to come out of this with the dreaded one all? Are Sheffield Wednesday going to get the next goal? Well, kind of all changed, didn't it? Very, very quickly. As soon as the player was sent off for Sheffield Wednesday in the 48th minute. Um, why would a player make the decision to make that tackle in that kind of point of the match? 
when you're already on a yellow card, I mean, I do not understand why he would do that. It's just, I mean, enjoy it, but it's just strange, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, I think I think your guess is as good as ours um, because it, it it was it it's strange as well because obviously coming out of half time the one the one thing they would have wanted to do is start quickly and they did start quick you know Sheffield Wednesday to be fair even after the red card were pretty they for for a good ten minutes they were pretty all over us really like and 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 they start they they started quite well I think they had an early chance as well and then they go and do that. But then they were almost playing even better for about the next ten minutes. Even with with ten men, it was a it was a bit of a strange scenario. But it, it was like if 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 you're a Wednesday fan, you're pulling your hair out because Ajaro wasn't he he wasn't running directly at goal either. It's just such a stupid thing for a for a player to do, and something as a fan you just get so annoyed at. Yeah, um, they would. They definitely had more of the ball for 10, 15 minutes after that uh, sending off. But they didn't really have any chances, though, did they? I didn't feel like Rafael no was under any real pressure. No, no clear-cut ones. But it was just frustrating watching it because because what, once they went down to 10 men, you you just want to, to start holding on to the ball, just get a bit of control of the game. And we, just, we, we seem to not be able to control the game for a good 10, 15 minutes. Um, well, the stats kind of back you up there, Matt, because actually Sheffield Wednesday still had uh, slightly more possession than us, 50%, 50.5%. So yeah. <laughs> it kind of like does tell you that, doesn't it? Even though mm. we actually had uh, one more player on the pitch, but ultimately the scoreline is the one that matters. But then we get into uh, kind of slowly we kind of work out how to use the ball when we've got an extra man. Sheffield Wednesday become a little bit frustrated they're not really going anywhere um and the seven, 70 second minute we see a corner is cleared and a full step and the Adam. now i think george puskas gets the final touch on this he, from he a shot he definitely he definitely does but andy Adam on twitter is like questioning it he's kind of like is he sure he got it but that's a definitely a puskas goal isn't it alice yeah i mean you can see the ball change movement like change direction in the replay um yeah it's definitely a push gas goal. Um, it was good to see that um, from the corner, it wasn't a John Swift corner as well. Not, yes. I don't really think it's a particularly controversial opinion now. John Swift isn't actually that good at corners necessarily. He had uh, a good speller in the season, but at the moment, yeah, he's been bad. It's, yeah, yeah he's been, been poor for a while. So it was good to see Charlie Adam on corners and... We yeah, it was well just it was well um, well taken from Yeardum. I don't know if it would have gone in. I think the keeper might have had it covered if um, if Pushkas hadn't got a touch on it. But it doesn't really matter either way, I guess. And uh, yeah, it was um, it was just a right the right time to score because we would have put ourselves under pressure if we hadn't got that second goal. So scoring with twenty minutes to go, it pretty much just takes all the pressure out of the game, and and you can just see the last twenty minutes out. Yes. Um, otherwise, I was feeling that um, I could feel the pressure building that if we just sit back, we start to get nervous. The home fans get a little bit of kind of hope, don't they? And you they think, were very yeah. restless, though, the Sheffield Wednesday fans. They're very, you, I mean, if you if you read social media today and tonight, they are very, very fed up at the minute. Um, I think they've won one game since Christmas. And even that was a very fortunate win against Leeds. Um, and they are tumbling down the table very quickly. I think they were third at Christmas, and now they're 
well, just they, they're only just inside the top half now. We're only two points behind them. So, uh, well, yeah, there's there was a there was a lot of unrest in that crowd today, um, and it wouldn't it would not surprise me if if I don't think Sheffield Wednesday getting relegated, but it wouldn't surprise me if they end up finishing eighteenth, nineteenth, similar to the season when we ended up with McDermott at the end of the season. And they just yeah. tumble and they score. I mean, we five say they're not going to get relegated, but if they get that, um, uh, if they have that points, points deduction, that's hanging, it seems to have been hanging over yeah. them all season, and nothing seems to have come of it yet. So um, no. we'll see. Not but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they win less than six points between now and the end of the season because they were just horrendous. Yeah, they were awful, weren't they? Man? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Well, and 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 like they, they are almost kind of. Turn it or, or, or well today was kind of the team that I thought they were going to be on the first day of the season when we played them. Interestingly, <laughs> before but before the season I thought they were going to be they were going to struggle obviously after losing Steve, Steve Bruce and everything. But they then turned us over and they start the season incredibly well. But the last few months they've just spiraled down the table. Like it's been quite quite amazing really how far they've come. That losing Stephen Fletcher was a massive like blow for them um i'm not gonna i don't want to go into too much detail about wednesday it's obviously not a wednesday no. podcast so um but yeah you could they, they just have no attacking options i know they've bought in connor wickham on loan but i i can't really count that as much of an attacking option personally no uh, he did, didn't do anything and, today that made me think um we just out there but it wasn't just, a fair thing I, I just can't remember any chances they had where you were like you, you genuinely thought they had a, a good chance of scoring I think I've, I think pretty much pretty much the only one they had was that one where where the ball seemed to bounce off Liam Moore and there was a bit of a goal goal line or not goal line scramble yeah. but box scramble which ended up going out for a corner that was pretty much their their only real dangerous opportunity I remember Forestieri had one down the right hand side but that was pretty much it yeah I think they had that was that chance was in the second half the one was Liam Moore and it was kind of just bouncing around like you're right but they never got a clear shot off. And like we talked right to the start of the podcast, the one in the kind of like seventh minute or so, or maybe a little bit later than that, when uh, they get the cross in and Richards makes that block or clearance. If they score, then we got a totally different match, doesn't it? They could have won three 0 We don't know. It's not not in- inconceivable, is it, that we could that could have happened? But no. it hasn't happened. Mm. Well, I do, we did... I do kind of, I do kind of get the feeling that even though we seem in in or even under Bowen's tenure, we seem to soak up a lot of pressure. And but but even though we soak up a lot of pressure, we don't actually give away that many clear Big chances. chances. Yeah. yeah, and and it, 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 even even against um you know the bigger teams, you know when when we went away to Fulham and you know pretty much for, from from the minute we scored a second goal, you know we were pretty much defending, but we never really gave many chances away, and it seemed to be a, a trait almost. We we do seem to be very competent under Bowen in defending our own box. Mm. Um, we don't we don't give up many chances inside our penalty area now, mm. which is uh, very pleasing to see. If you don't, I mean, if you if you're limiting teams to long shots, then they're going to score less goals. It's just a you know result result of that. Um, and I mean, you can see it in the stats this season as well. I think we're we're one of the highest team, uh, one of the highest highest goals conceded percentage from outside the box. Well, if you look uh, at our um, goal difference as well, it's plus four. Yeah. I don't think there's another team in the bottom half that's actually got a plus. There isn't one. We're the only well, one with that. We, I think scenario. we've got the best, the best goal, the best goals conceded record outside of the top five now. Mm. I think it is, or joint best with. Uh, no, no, yeah, it is the 
it's the best outside the top five. Um, we've, we've also got the best goal difference until you get up to the eighth place team. If we could just score a few more goals, mm. we would be, yeah, I mean, it's an obvious yeah. thing to say, but we're not, we are setting that foundation with Bowen. There is no doubt on that. I totally agree with both of you. We're not, we're not giving up many clear chances. And that hasn't, that, that's been a thing that's been there since he's come in. This is not a new trend. And it happens with whoever comes into the team, whether Gunter was in the team, Yadam, Richard, Obita, Miazga, there's not many chances now. So he's clearly got a foundation there. And that's going to help us go forward into next season. Because also John Swift was saying that it's vital how we finish the end of this season going into next season. Mm. Obviously, if we could, by some miracle of, um, uh, well, we're not going to get in the playoffs. So let's not even talk about it. It's not going to happen, is it? So move on from that. We did, did see, go on, Matt. I do almost get the feeling, though, that the, the, the next most important thing we're going to have to focus on, I know a lot of people are talking about the attack, it's just controlling games, though, now. If, 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 if we can start to learn how to how to control games and not do what we did today uh, against Sheffield Wednesday uh, for about the first 15 minutes of the second half, you know, just booting it long, um, or, or, or even on goal kicks, you know, we seem to be we seem to be awful at, you know, keeping the ball from a goal kick either. We'll pass it short to Morrison, we'll pass it back and then lump it long, or then we'll just lump it long and no one will win a second ball. As long as we can start to learn how to control a game, then that's almost, I think, going to be the next part of the puzzle for Bowen to, to almost piece together. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's working out how to um, uh, do the best way of making that work. It's going to take a while to do that and we're going to have to make signings in the summer and move players out. I'm not sure Charlie Adam would be here next season. I think that's quite unlikely that he's going to get another contract, but who knows, miracles and stuff like do happen. I wouldn't but, be surprised to see him get another year. Yeah, possibly. 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 I suppose what the other options are. Mm. I just think that maybe, I mean, I, I nothing against Charlie Adam. I just think maybe we could get someone in with a bit more mobility than Charlie Adam. His passing is still very good, but I would like to see maybe someone ahead of him as a first-team option. I mean, do you think that's fair, Alex? Yeah, I can see him still being around the squad. I kind of agree with Matt. I don't... I mean, another year isn't going to... I can't imagine Charlie Adams on massive money. I don't, I don't know, but I wouldn't imagine he's on huge money. So if he's here for another year and you're you're using him almost as like a cup player only... Is it, it doesn't seem like the worst idea ever because um, he he does bring an awful lot of experience and yeah he's gonna he's he's gonna teach players like Michael Lise and he's gonna teach players who are younger in the squad of less experience just how to try and control a game because when Charlie Adam does come on we do seem to just all of a sudden there does seem to be a bit more of a calmness on the field yes um, definitely so I would it would be nice to see that kind of uh, transferred over to other players and I don't think it's something which is going to happen in you know two months or three months no. before the end of the season so if he's here, if he's here for another year I don't really think it's going to be a a massive problem I think it's uh it, it you know it should probably happen if the finances work on it we also saw um uh, George Puskas come off after uh, late in the match and be replaced by Bulldog um, I thought Puskas was definitely better today. His hold-up play was better, his physicality, and he got the goal. Um, I know you're both uh, fans of um, uh, George Puskas, so now is your opportunity to tell us how good he was today and how many goals. I'm going to ask you the question, how many goals do you predict 
that George Puskas will have at the end of this season? League goals, Alex, league goals. Um, I think he'll get four more league goals. <laughs> yeah. So, at 12. Yeah. You're right, he's going to get up to 12. I think yeah, that's I nothing to do 12. with the bet that I've got with you, is it, Alex? That no, that's nothing to do goals. with that. It's just, it's just a complete coincidence. <laughs> Um, I think he'll get tw- yeah. I think he'll get twelve. I think he'll probably score another another couple in open play and maybe a penalty. It, it, yeah, I think uh, today was one of his better games for us overall. It does seem like the coaching staff are kind of pushing him to chase the game a bit and not expect the game to come to him now, um, which is something that I I saw Bowen mention in his post match comments and. He, he did. He, he definitely played better today than he has in a while. And uh, I know you said that I'm a fan of Puskas. I've definitely had frustrations with him this season, um, as I think of a lot of the Reading fans, because there's been points this season when he's just been really, really infuriating to watch. Um, so, yeah, it was it was very pleasing just to see the fact that he was improving and he's chasing the ball. And I really think that at the end of this season and and going into next season, if he if he has a full preseason with us, um, has a proper off season because I don't think he had last summer off, did he? No, no, uh, because he was at the under twenty ones tournament. So I think if he gets a, a proper summer off this summer, I don't. Then he'd be playing with Romania, won't he? In the Euros. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know yeah. how long Romania are going to be in the competition for, to be honest. No, that's, so, that's a fair point, but he'll still be playing, though. He will be playing for for a week or two, I guess. Um, but it will be, yeah, good to see him get a proper pre-season with us. And I think next season, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets close to 20. I don't know if he's going to be this mythical 20-goal-a-season striker that everybody always cries out for, but it wouldn't surprise me if he gets close to 20 league goals next season if if we're playing a similar kind of style and style and performance level yeah uh, hopefully how many do you think he's going to get Matt quickly uh I, I i think similar to alex another another four or five i think he could he he, he could definitely get it he could he could maybe get possibly i'm i'm gonna as alex said four i'm gonna go with six yes oh okay so, Six. You're going to go for six, so he's going to get up to 14. Well, that if he gets 14 goals in his first season in the Championship, given the fact that he was injured as well, I don't think that would be too bad at all. But I yeah. think he would take that. Oh, I, I think, I think any striker which scores you 15 goals, any if you've got, if you've got a striker that gets you 15 goals a season, then you've got to be you've got to be pleased with that. Yeah, I know he was seven million pounds or eight million pounds or whatever which he was, but if he, if you're if you've got a main striker who's scoring one in three. One in three games, then that's not a bad return. Which Yaku Mate is also set to get to as well. It, well Quite likely yeah. that he's going to get fifteen, isn't it? Uh, maybe. Think, <laughs> not I so think, convinced on that one. Alex. I think to be yeah. fair, a lot a lot will depend on what happens with Zhao when he comes back as well, because it, it might push either Puskas or Mate out of the team, and it, it, it it'll be interesting to see how almost Bowen balances the two. If if because like, obviously if if Mate and Puskas go on scoring now until until Zhao comes back. Will you be bringing Zhao straight back in? You know, a lot a lot's going to depend on how that's how that's managed and how it comes about. I think so. I'd definitely bring Zhao straight back in. <laughs> Absolutely, I would because he's just gives you that extra dimension. a game until when he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> but if he does that, if he does that, we'll have another chat. 
But <laughs> we've also now got the phone in and Dave phoned in and had a question that he wanted us to uh, talk about as well. So let's hear what Dave had to say on this. Hey guys, uh, Dave here. Um, great result, came out of nowhere, wasn't expecting it. I uh, thought that the two fullbacks, uh, Richards and Yadam, were key to that. Um, great performance from them. Swift and Ajari are back on form and the, the result kind of followed. All three strikers on the score sheet was excellent and uh, my question that I would ask you is uh, whether we would give um, Man of the Match to either um, recognising Pushkas for his all-round performance plus the goal or whether we would go with um, somebody more, more foundational at the back. Um, also, a shout-out for Elise. So what do we think then? Do you think Puskas is worthy of the man of the match today, Alex and Matt? Yes or no? For me, no. Okay. If he, I think maybe if, 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 if his goal was all of his own working, maybe. But I, for me, it was Swift. Swift was brilliant today, I thought. Yeah, I think it's like Puskas did a good job. And I can see why Dave would give him a, kind of like a boost of confidence as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, what do you think, Alex? I would say no, but it's got to be pretty close because I don't really think that anyone was like nine out of ten performance. There was a lot of just good performances all round. Um, it, 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 to be honest, I, I'd find it very difficult to pick out one player if I had, to, if I really had to pick someone. I'd yeah. probably go with Yeardham. I think. He didn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, he was good. And he also mentioned Michael Elise as well, who I thought was a good again playing. He wasn't outstanding. I didn't like the place up, but I think he really needs to get more game time. And he, every time he plays, he's not showing any reason why he shouldn't be playing. Mm. I think he's got a lot, a lot better defensively. And attacking, there was a moment in the second half when we almost had a four on three and he just chose the wrong pass. But he's only going to get that from actually playing matches, isn't he, in that experience? I mean, we've seen this from Obi Ajaria. He doesn't play a pass like he did today every single game. Otherwise, he'd be worth 80, 90 million. <laughs> he would definitely not be at Reading. So, I kind of, I think Elise should be playing more games toward the end of the season. But someone who came in today and played in his first match and the whole of Kenya has broken Facebook, probably, was Mr. Timber. He came on in the 82nd minute. Now, he is quick, Alex, isn't he? That, whether he's good as a footballer, I don't know. We didn't really see it. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure I actually saw him touch the ball more than about twice. So <laughs> I'm not No, But he's lightning. Sure, he not is sure lightning. really great him as a football football player. But it, yeah, he was very fast. Um, yeah. he, I would imagine, I, I really am kind of just um, guessing off of what, how long was he on the field? 10 minutes or so. I would imagine he's going to remind a lot of people of Kebe in his first season at Reading. Basically just kind of like Bambi on ice. <laughs> yes, he is. That's why I made the comparison that he was a bit like um, uh, Jimmy Kebe on speed. I mentioned that on Twitter. He's kind of, yeah, a very early one. Yeah, man. What, what, one, one important message, though, for all the Kenyan fans out there. He plays, we win. Yeah, they were completely right. They, they we kept won. on saying, didn't they, Matt? They did. No. You need once you get Kemba, Kebe, Kebe. I've even calling him Kebe now. Timbay, Timbay in the team, he will win. He Can is I, the Kenyan Messi. I, I just want to get some confirmation. Is he Timbay or Masika? 
Let's ask Tim Bellick because he'll be able to tell us, won't he? He, he decides yeah. people's names, doesn't he? <laughs> you know? Gomez. I think, oh, no, I, think Bay's a, <laughs> I think Tim Bay's an abbreviation for his name or something, I think, but I think yes. his real name's was it's it. It's a nickname thing, like Pele with you know, Gomez. I think, yes, I think that is a situation. But we did get a third goal late on with a really frustrated tackle from the uh, Sheffield Wednesday defender there. A blatant penalty. There's no question on that, was there, Alex? No, although the Sheffield Wednesday commentators did seem to think so. Um, and bizarrely, I really don't know how they have much argument against that. Um, They're also surprised by the sending off. Yeah, I, I really don't quite. I, maybe they didn't have a monitor or something yeah, and they were just yeah. guessing if the tackles had happened. I'm really not sure how they how, how they saw either of those as, as going the wrong way. Um, yeah, it was just one of those tackles where Rinomot has got to the ball first and um, the Sheffield Wednesday player has, has dived in out of frustration pretty much and uh, it's a pretty, pretty obvious penalty and it's well taken by Bulldog. And yeah, super sunny Bulldog as he's full Pretty time. much just summed up the... Um, Summed up the ninety minutes, I think, pretty, pretty much in a, in a minute there for Sheffield Wednesday, just their mistake, and we, we acted on it. Yeah, I mean, it was the kind of day Sheffield Wednesday could have really lost that game four or five nil because Ajari also had a golden opportunity before the penalty, when the Sheffield Wednesday defender just hit straight to Ajari, and he had about ten yard space around him. I mean, he should score there. He's a fantastic save. If he but... put it the other side, the keeper had given him the whole goal to aim at, yes. except for one side where Ajaria tried to put it. Yeah, he did. But he did also sell the first goal, so let's not like get too down about it. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. But how would you sum up the game then, Matt? 3-0 win. Boulder obviously scores the penalty. <sighs> Kenyans are happy. Clean sheet. Mark Bowen is our saviour. Everything's going upwards. Playoffs, championships coming up next season. It's all sorted. A week, five days is a long time in football, isn't it? It can change so quickly. Absolutely. And, and Puskas is now the, the second coming of the Messiah again. But no, it wasn't perfect. It, it, it wasn't perfect. But I mean, it was, it, it was a good, it was a great, it was a great response, obviously, from, from, from the weekend, obviously. Um, the, the past month, really, because you know we, we we've had a brutal, brutal January. I think a lot of fans might look at January and say, "Oh, it's the same for every other club." But I don't think any other club played. I think we played nine games in January, and you know I don't think any any other teams would have had a rearranged fixture, two replays in January. You know, so I think to to come out to come out of that to come out of that period and now to get a result like that I think it, it was it, it it's a positive you know I think we can we we can start looking forward again and you know really try and look to just finish the season on a high I think every team we played as well in January at least in the league um every team we played was in the top 10 as well mm. yeah no no we did I mean we it, had it really was it has not been City. it, it has not been tough run. Run. Mm. yeah no no it was not easy I know we didn't get any wins obviously apart from the one on New Year's Day but we weren't losing to teams in the bottom of the league. If you had a scenario when we were playing Barnsley, Luton or Stoke and not winning those matches, I'd have been really worried. But it wasn't that case at all. Yeah. And, yeah. and even then, we've only actually lost three games in, what is it, 10, 12, something like that. Mm. I, I yeah. get that we've only won one as well or two since New Year's Day now. But it's um, we haven't, we have, we, it's not like we've gone on a, a losing run of six 
six losses in seven or something. We've we've lost what one, and we've only lost one of those matches by more than one goal. And that was Millwall. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's three. It's I mean it's three losses in nine, but like you say, we've only lost one by more than one goal. And even then, like the West Brom game, we could have got a point from the West Brom game. The Bristol City game, we probably should have got a point from. And it's when you look at it in, I guess, the wider context. Um, if you're losing to teams at the bottom of the league, then you're in trouble. But if you're if you're competing against teams in the top ten and you're not picking up those wins, but you're at least in the game a lot of the time, then you're not that far away from being from being successful. No, no. today is a classic example of the teams that won't get relegated. They beat the rubbish teams, even in mid-table. So you just move away from it. It just makes your life so much easier. And now we are 11 points away from the playoffs and 11 points away from relegation. And somebody sent us in a question about that one from uh, SW. As many points now between playoffs and relegation, do you think we can push up the table more than we can fall down it? What do you think, Matt? 100%. 100% push up like um get get i i think i think we've got a realistic opportunity of 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 finishing around te- uh well around about 12th between 12th and 10th probably you know you look at you look at our fixtures coming up and even even after the um the leeds game this week i think we've got um i think we've got barnsley wigan stoke um maybe derby as well i we we we, we do have a lot of winnable games now coming up and and you know our, our our last our last part of the season is quite favorable so you know we we have had this you know like like we've said this really tough um new year program almost that that, that we've come through but i think definitely definitely now we've got we've got a good chance of just 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 looking to kick on finish the season on a high and look look to get that almost elusive uh top of the table finish so not top of the yeah. table but half of the table no, I'm definitely looking upwards, but only a little bit like yourself. I'm not expecting to get anywhere near the playoffs. I think that we've completely shot a bolt on that one. Mm. So a different one for you, Alex. I got one here from uh, Walter Wiz. Would you change the side today against Leeds? You would think Pele would slot back in, but Rhino was class. Would like to hear your opinions. Would I slot Pele back in? If he's, if he's fit, then actually, no, I would probably leave the team as it is, to be honest. Um... It's not a free hit against Leeds. It's not one of these games where we go up and we should be expecting to lose because Leeds haven't actually been on great form in the last couple of weeks. Well, last couple of months, really. But um, is there really a need to change back to bring Pelly in? I think the midfield looked a lot more fluid today with um, with Elise in there. It, we, we kept the ball moving quicker. Um, and it's not to say that that is on Pelle, but I don't think I would bring Pelle back into the side just to try and kind of grind out a nil-nil against Leeds like why why not why not leave the team as it is and try and take the game to Leeds a little bit next week if we've uh, if we've got the opportunity to um and if we lose to Leeds then is it really any harm done no not really i mean i think i agree with you alex i think i'd stick with the same team um sounds like possibly that decision is going to be taken out of our hands cuz sounds like Pele might be actually injured uh, from Mark Bone after the match saying that he's got a groin injury. He didn't give any kind of length of time he'd be out, so maybe he would be available. Um, Pele's also been really good. Let's not uh, forget that. I mean, it's only on the last podcast we were saying he's probably been our best player in the last couple of months, so definitely since New Year's Day. So kind of it's an optimistic feeling for once on the podcast. It's been a bit of a rough kind of period, I feel, in the last few weeks since uh, New Year's Day, but... 
Overall, how do you think the season's going, Matt? Is it going better than you thought it would go at the beginning of, say, August, before we had all the kind of crazy uh, transfer window action? 100%. Well, obviously, before the season, I know uh, some, some people got excited about our youth players and stuff and thought this could be, you know, a flourishing young team coming through. But, but you know, ultimately, we, 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 we came into the season and... and you know, we were looking at another relegation struggle, you know, and to be to be fair, even even when Bowen came in, you know, to to look at the job that I think Bowen has done since he's come in, you can't really have too many complaints. You know, you look at the the table since since he's come in and we're still, you know, around that, you know, playoff pushing area. You, you know, we, we've had a we've had a torrid January or not not necessarily torrid, but we've had a tough January but 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 you know I think to be to be fair to be what we now 15th I think 15th in the table and you know right right in 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 the mid table you know no threat of relegation I don't think anyone can really have too many complaints about that realistically you know the football some of the football hasn't been spectacular but you know we've if 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 you'd have said you know before before the start of the season or when Bowen sacked that you know we'd be sat here in 15th place, you know, no real threat of relegation. I think most people would have been more than happy with that. So, you know, I think when you think about it rationally and, you know, realistically, I, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be happy with, with where we are at the moment and where we stand, obviously, looking forward. So, yeah. And one player who I think is going to be staying in the team, going back to that Pele question, is uh, Andy Rinomoto. I thought he was really good today and he was good when he came on the other day. In the match against West Brom, maybe he's found his form that he had last season. It was not kind of negative passing and he was driving the team forward when he could. wasn't devastating back to his best, but it was an improved performance. And I think having young players in the team that have come through the academy, like Richards playing and Elise, I think it helps with the kind of support of that team. Do you think that's fair, Alex? Yeah, I I think so. Um, it it does give those kind of like academy players like like McIntyre, like Elise, like well, I guess those are the two main characters at the minute coming through from the academy into the first team. But um, it gives them it gives them a pathway, I guess, to try and follow through Rinomota. Um and, and he does look. He looks like he's found, yeah, some kind of form in the last couple of games. Um, I, I'm not sure I agree necessarily on the fact that I think he's going to keep his spot. Um, I just think there's there's too many there's too many central midfielders competing for too few spaces in that team. Um, you've got obviously you've got Swift and Swift and Pele seem to be pretty much guaranteed a spot every week, and then you, you, I guess maybe you're going to play Ajari out on the left in that kind of floating role. Potentially, if you're going to play Swift, Pele, Rinomota and Ajaria, and then Mate on the right, um, if we stick to this kind of 4-5-1 or 4-1-4-1 formation, um, Rinomota could stay in a team. I, I, it's a difficult one because do you, like, do, you, uh, do you leave the team as it is while they're winning or do you go back to what... It, is considered probably for by most fans as a stronger starting team when Pele's been in it. Yeah, no, Pele. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have the option anyway. So we've got Pele, Rinomoto, we can play Elise in there. We've got Charlie Arms, Swift, Ovia Jaria. 
it's good to have those options there. But I'm going to finish this on an upbeat because we've had a 3-0 victory. Everything should be positive at the moment because it's been a while since we've had such a convincing way win. So enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. And uh, come on, you arse. Yes.